So let's open up the word this morning. We're continuing with sound waves. This is part three, Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14 in Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through 12. <coughs> Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14. It says, for the earth shall be filled. For the earth shall be filled. Let, let me just stop right there just for a moment with these first five or six uh, words in this verse. Um, just stop right there for a moment, moment and just point out the obvious right here. It does not say that the earth may be filled. It, uh, it doesn't say that it might be filled, but it says that the earth shall be filled, that it will be filled. The author here, I feel that like he is somewhat adamant in just these first uh, six words that the earth shall be filled, that he's adamant that we understand that the earth will be filled. With why? It says, with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Knowledge here in this verse, it simply means uh, an awareness, an observation. In other words, it is saying that the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Just as much as the waters cover the sea, so shall the glory of God be on earth. And it says that there will be a knowledge of it. There will be an observation. In other words, everyone will start to observe and be aware of the glory of God as it fills the earth. Amen? Isn't that great? It says that the earth, whole earth shall be filled with his glory and the earth will be aware of it. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 12, it says, after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one can number. No one can number of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands. And they were crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. And the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, oh God, for what you've been doing through this series, bringing an, an awareness to us of the importance of us making a sound for you, the importance of us bringing forth worship when we come into your house and the difference that it can make in our lives, Lord. So right now, Lord, as this word, this series continues today, God, open up our hearts and our minds to you let us clear every agenda. Let us clear our schedules. Let us clear everything that's going in on in our mind today just so we can get a hold of this word today. And may this word fall on a, a soul that is ready to receive it, someone that is hungry for the word this morning. May it fall on the ears of those who need it today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. 
Can someone say amen with me this morning? Help me preach today. As we've been talking about these last few weeks, we've been talking about sound waves. And the last time I spoke with you, we were actually talking about the river of God. How many of you remember that message? The river of God. It is so true that once you have actually been in the river of God, it will revolutionize the way that you view church. It will wreck the way that you view church. It will wreck the way that you view a good service because once you've been in the river of God, there really is no going back. You really don't want anything else. Once you've been deep in the water, once you've been in his presence and in his spirit, there's really nothing else you will find that will be able to substitute for it because it will satisfy you in ways that a substance will never be able to satisfy you in. The river of God can take the edge off more than any cigarette or more than any substance. The river of God can do things for you that you never thought was possible. And once you've been deep in the river of God, it will really wreck the way that you view the presence and the way that you view church. And any time, as, we, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, because any time that you can get God's creations to come together and not stop short of the river, any time you can get God's people to get together and just keep pressing in. Anytime that you can get God's people together and not stop short of the river, not stop short of his glory, and they, and they press on past personal agendas, and they can press on past personal struggles, something is released in the heavens, amen? Something is stirred in our midst. Waters will rise in dry places. Rain will fall on barren soil. When God's people get together and release sound waves, God releases waves of his glory. Waves of his glory. And when God's glory is released, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, when God releases his glory and God's people start to press in, it is amazing because you can stand back and watch as a song service shifts into a worship service. See, because so many want to see signs and so many people today are searching for miracles and signs and wonders, but they wonder why they cannot tap into that thing. They wonder why their church cannot see that. They wonder why their home cannot see that. See, I have learned throughout the years of worship and ministry that those moments, miracle moments are cultivated by culture and atmosphere. The, there, are, uh, there are atmospheres that cultivate miracles. Those atmospheres are created when somebody gets hungry. When just somebody in the crowd gets hungry, something starts to cultivate. Those cultures are set by worshipers among the worshipers. Those atmospheres are set and created by the church inside of the church. It is created when just a few people decide that they don't need a worship team to jumpstart them or they don't need a worship 
coach to get them in the mood for worship. It is created when people get tired of songs. They just want to worship. The atmosphere of glory finds itself riding in on the sound waves that are being released among the believers. It is created when people start putting sound to their worship. This atmosphere of signs and wonders and glory is created when you realize that you are a part of the great multitude that I just read about in today's text and your voice is part of that multitude. Even among great multitudes of worshipers, God is still listening for your voice. Even if this place was full of thousands of people worshiping, God's ear is still wanting to hear your voice. Isn't that amazing? Because when my voice connects with your voice and our voices connect to our neighbor's voice, it becomes like one voice being lifted up to God. Isn't that amazing? And when our voices become one in worship, you start to see agreement in the atmosphere. Agreement that, that, that we are not here just for a show, but agreement that he is the one true God that we are worshiping. And when agreement collides with our worship, the word says, if two of you on earth agree about anything, what? It shall be done by my Father up in heaven. In other words, if you want to see his glory come together in worship is a necessity. If you want to see the glory of God on earth, coming together in worship is a necessity. Let's read Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 12 again. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, After these things, I looked, and behold, it was a great multitude, say multitude. It was a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and tribes and people and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes, which was symbolic of purity, with palm branches in their hand, which was symbolic of their worship. And in verse 10, they were crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. They were saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I really want you to take note about something that so sticks out about the format of their worship. John right here is, is he had been called up in the spirit and he is catching a vision of heavenly worship that was going on around the throne. Take note about this format of worship. Guess what? Notice something. There was no stage during this worship. Mm. There were no microphones during this worship. Mm. Notice that there was, there was no one prodding them to worship. There was no one coaching them to worship. There was no one begging for participation for them to worship. Okay. 
There was no one coaching. There was no one prodding. Notice where the worship was coming from. The word says that on, uh, notice where the worship was coming from because it's so different than worship on earth because on earth, the worship comes from and is cultivated from the stage. But in heaven, listen what was happening. The worship was being driven by the multitudes. The worship was being driven by the crowd. The worship was being driven by the congregation because the multitudes had been in the river of his glory. They were looking upon his face. They had tasted and seen that it was good. There was nothing that was going to be able to quiet them down. But on earth, we must have, a lot of times, we have to have a pre-worship worship. We have to have a call to worship. And then maybe by the third song, we are ready to clap our hands. Oh, but what would happen if we, the church, you know, we, part of the multitudes, came in ready to drive the worship of the servants? What would happen if we came not needing a cheerleader, but we came in this house realizing that we wouldn't be alive without him, that we wouldn't be breathing without him? When God's people steps into his house, not looking for a show, but looking for him to show himself to us and ready to live sound waves, a culture shift will occur and it will set the atmosphere for his glory. There was no stage. There were no microphones. There was no one coaching. There was no worship leader in heaven. It was the multitudes that kept the worship going. They just wanted more. I just can't stop praising the name. He's been so good to me. I just can't stop. There was nobody that had to say, come on, stand up with me. There was nobody that had to say, come on, put your hands together. No, because the crowds, they were cultivating the atmosphere of worship. Listen, we pray, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. How many times have we prayed that? We want heaven to come down to earth. You must realize that before before we see that statement come into fruition, that it takes more than just a prayer for that to occur, but it takes a shifting of mindsets. You know the mindset that waits on a worship leader to tell you to worship. You know the mindset that believes, I'm not lifting my hands till someone asks me to. On earth as it is in heaven requires engagement through worship outside of your Sunday morning experience. Because you can't be living like hell throughout the week and expect his glory on a Sunday. It takes living it out. It takes outside. If you want heaven on earth on Sunday, you've got to be doing something throughout the week to cultivate that for Sunday because the church has been praying. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven for years. But when will the church put it into action? See, there are things that an evangelist can release on a church. There are things that your pastor can release to a church. But if you really want to see a shift, just let the multitudes start to worship. Just let the multitudes get tired of the way that it's always been. Just let the multitudes get in the river of his glory. Before we see on earth, 
earth as it is in heaven moments, it will take you. It will take the multitudes. See, I didn't come to church to find my worship. No, I brought my worship with me. Why? Because I'm part of the multitude and I just want to see his glory. I didn't come to worship, but I came because I do worship. I worship in here. I worship out there. I worship on the job. I can worship in Walmart. I worship in my car. I can worship in my house. I can worship at the mall. Oh, but when the multitudes have been worshiping all week around the city and they come together on a Sunday morning and my worship collides with your worship and my fire connects with your fire, heaven starts to come down on earth. Heaven starts to come down and create an atmosphere not for the multitude to be prodded into worship but where the multitudes are driving the worship. They just kept saying three songs isn't enough. They just kept saying, sing that again. I feel his glory. They just kept saying, I can't stop. I've got to have more. Let's keep it going. I want to stay in the river of his glory. See, see this. if you worship because of a worship leader, you need to check your motives. Mm. If you can only worship to certain genres, you need to check your motives. See, we don't worship because the worship leader told us that now is the moment to raise your hands. No, no, no. See, the platform cannot be your motivation to worship. But when I think about his goodness, it's enough for me to worship. When I think about the cross, it's enough for me to worship. When I think about the when I think about everything that he's done for me, when I think that he will never leave me or forsake me, it's enough for me to worship. When I remember that he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes we shall be healed. That is enough for me to worship him. When I think about where I would be without him, it's enough for me to worship him. When I think about what he's brought me through, it's enough for me to worship him. When I remember that greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world, it is enough for me to worship him. Oh, we don't worship because of a man. We worship because of the man. And the song does not dictate your worship. Do you want to know what dictates your worship? Your thirst will dictate your worship. You want to know who's thirsty? Just look around during worship. You want to know who's hungry? Just look around during worship. Because those who are thirsty, they will step into the river. Mm. You want to know what dictates your worship? Your thirst and your hunger will dictate your worship. Have you ever been in a service and it seemed like everything was going good, but all of a sudden, it went from good to great. It was like something just shifted. It was like something just moved. It was like somebody just stepped into the river. It was like somebody finally got in that rhythm. Somebody finally tapped into the place. Have you ever been in one of those situations where it seemed like somebody just flipped the switch and something shifted? It went from play worship to battle worship. It went from church worship to heavenly worship. See, the multitudes know when to make that transition. Hmm. 
The multitudes know when to make a transition. They know when they have to get off the banks and get into the river. See, cause in church worship, you can feel his presence. Yeah. You can feel his presence just in church worship. You can step into this place right now and not lift a finger and you can still feel his presence. But it's, but it's not until you tap into the real worship that you can experience his glory. And that's where so many people fall short. They want to feel his presence, but they don't press on in until they see his glory. See, because church worship may cause chill mountains on your arms, but it doesn't move the mountains. See, he will supply all of your needs according to his his riches and glory. If you have a need that needs to be met, transition yourself from church worship to real worship so you can experience his glory. If you need a need met, it says it's in his glory and you can't get in his glory until you begin to worship. Woo. What if your need that you needed met was just waiting on an act of worship? Mm. Ask a neighbor, say, do you want to go? Say, are you ready for a transition? See, because real worship opens up new realms. Real worship makes scripture come alive. Real worship takes you from glory to glory to glory to glory. Real worship can, uh, can make needs be met all because you step into his glory. Yes. Question today, how long have you been worshiping at the same state that you are currently in. How long have you been worshiping like you just worshiped this morning? How long have you been there? See, because God is calling the multitudes to new levels. He's calling the church. If you're part of the church, you're part of the multitude. He's calling the multitudes to new levels. He's calling, he's calling you to a higher place. He's calling you to release sound waves from mountaintops. He's calling you to transition just from church worship to real worship. He's calling you higher. We used to sing the old song, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. Why do we sing that song? Why, why, what's up with Zion? I was reading. And when we used to sing this song, Psalm 132, verse 13 and 14 says, For the Lord has chosen Mount Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I desired it. He said, Mount Zion is a special place because this is where my presence shall reside. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, listen to this. This is going to freak a lot of people out, but it's is, but you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the place where my glory dwells and to the city of the living God, the, heaven, <coughs> the heavenly Jerusalem. Listen, you have come to this place and you have joined an innumerable company of angels. Mm. Wow. Some people, some people start freaking out when you start talking about angels. He says, but when you step into that realm of worship where my glory resides, 
you are actually stepping into the presence of innumerable angels. He says, there will be angels all around you. But also, there are an innumerable company of angels with you. Isn't that just amazing? Follow me for a moment. See, when you make a transition from church worship to real worship to a Mount Zion worship, when you start climbing up that mountain of worship, guess what? You are not alone. You are not alone. See, when you get into that place, you are surrounded by the presence of heaven. If you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where it was just you, and all of a sudden, you just felt like there was the presence of a company of angels all around you. You felt like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was by your side. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, but if you've never been there, you probably think this is a little weird. But let me just break it down for you because if you've ever been in your car all alone and no one was there no one was beside you no one was in the passenger seat no one was behind you no one was there and all of a sudden you just break out into a song has anybody ever been there by yourself and you just break out into a song and all of a sudden what started as a song turns into a worship session oh god and as you continue you realize that you thought what was a worship session as a party of one now has turned into a worship party for the multitudes and all of a sudden heaven has invaded your little crossover going down 27 you see what has happened is that you broke through something you climbed up a mountain by yourself and you pushed through something you started climbing up Mount Zion and all of a sudden all of the elders that we, that we just described in Revelation, all of those elders that I just read about, guess what? They are part of the multitude. And guess what? They were in heaven worshiping and they heard your worship. And all of a sudden, you had elders up in your car because you were joining the worship of the multitude. If that don't make you shout, your wood is really wet this morning because if you want the elders of heaven up in your car alone. All you got to do is get to a place of worship. And the multitudes join you. The multitudes join you. And all of a sudden, your old hoopty car turned into a hallelujah wagon and no choir was present. There was no worship leader there provoking you. It was just you and the multitudes lifting up a sound ways. Cause you see, real worship is not limited to a sanctuary. Real worship just doesn't happen in a sanctuary. But heavenly worship is going on around the clock. Heavenly worship is going on around the clock. The multitudes, it's like a continuous live stream <coughs> around the clock. And anytime somebody joins in, the multitude comes with that person and just starts to worship with them. Heavenly worship is going on around the clock. Monday at one o'clock in the morning, there will be an angel crying out, holy, holy, 
holy Friday night at 11 p.m. There is someone in the multitude shouting, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and just rolled over and just whispered, thank you, Jesus? Have you ever just rolled over and said, thank you, Lord? You may have been half asleep, but you just rolled over and you just wanted to thank the, you just wanted to thank God. Guess what? Something shifted as soon as you began to praise the Lord all by yourself in that room. Something blew into that room whenever you called on his name because you just tapped into the worship service that was going on in the heavens. You may have crawled in that bed alone that night, but when you called out his name, a multitude joined in your worship and where two or three are gathered together, there I am. That is his word. Are you tired of feeling alone? Worship because a multitude is on the way. Are you tired of fighting this thing alone? Worship. A multitude is on the way. See, get this. You've got to understand this today. The issue is there's not enough people that are willing to leave church worship and transition to real worship. Band, help me out. Stand with me this morning. <coughs> the problem is there's not enough people that are ready to transition from church worship to real worship. There's not enough people who are willing to move past it so they can jump in it. And then we come in here, churches all across the world, all across America, and we come into this place. And before you know it, we come and we've not worshiped all week. We have forgot what worship sounds like. We have forgot what worship looks like. And all of a sudden, we come into this place trying to live a victorious life and we've not worshiped all week. And then we come into this week or we come into this place and the band has to come up here and we have to do a peppy song. Then we have to transition. Then I have to come up here and we're pulling worship from a, from a group of people that we should not have to be pulling worship out of. Why? Because you're still alive. Why? Because you've got breath in your lungs. Why? Because God's been good to you. Why? Because there's a multitude that's worshiping with you. And before you know it, the worship service has ended. And here we are. We're here and we're tired because we're having to pull worship. You're tired because we're pulling worship. And all of a sudden we have left a place and we have neglected the act of worship. God is calling people to worship all through the week and bring in their worship into this house. And when we do, it will create an atmosphere of glory being released. An atmosphere of glory being released. I just want to be available to his presence. Who wants to be available to his glory? Anybody want to be available to him today? I just want to be a part of it. I just want to be available to it. I just want to be available for it, God. That's all I want today. That's 
That's all I want today, oh God. Oh God, move among your people. Move among your people today. Move among your people today. Stir up a thirst inside of our spirit today. Stir up a hunger inside of our spirit today, God. Stir up something inside of us today, oh God, where we are thirsty and we are hungry and we just want to be in your river, oh God. Can somebody come into agreement with me today? Can somebody just stretch forth your hands today and declare it, oh God? God, right now, God, I'm declaring, God, a shifting in an atmosphere. I'm declaring a shifting in culture, oh God. Right now, God, let us lift sound waves. Let us release sound waves, God. And as we release the sound waves, oh God, release your glory among your people, oh God. 